This is episode number 22 with Kim and Ami. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, and I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe to uncover the habits, mindsets, tools, and rituals that they have used to become world-class so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Kim is here to infuse more passion into your life and bedroom. She is a holistic sex and relationship coach, a writer and speaker. Her work is a spiritual synthesis of two decades of Tantra, Taoism, Osho, transpersonal psychology, physiology, and a host of quantum growth accelerating practices she uses to propel clients into higher stratospheres of connection, intimacy, energy, and creativity. I discovered Kim's work many years ago and it has transformed my life and my relationship with my husband. So I am so excited for today's episode. In this episode, we chat about Kim's journey and how she became a holistic sex and relationship coach, what orgasmic enlightenment is and how it can change your life, why sex can be described as a godly experience, why sex is the glue that binds our relationship, how to harness the life force energy of sex into creativity and healing, what is a jade egg and how to use it to heal sexual trauma, how to inspire your partner to go deep with you, how to release any heart and sexual blockages and how they can transform your life, plus so much more. Everything that we mention, you will find in the show notes at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 22. And without further ado, let's dive into this juicy episode with the one and only Kim Anami. Welcome, Kim. I'm so excited to have you here. But before we dive in, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? (laughs) I actually had these energy bars called Mighty Bars that I get from Cafe Gratitude in Los Angeles. And they're these vegan, uh, low glycemic value, uh, gluten-free bars, and they travel so well. And because I travel a lot, I often stock up on these things or I make them in different places. And so I just came from LA a few days ago. So I bought like 15 of them and brought them with me. I got got to Australia where I am right now and then stuffed them in the freezer. So I had Mighty Bars. Yum. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll have to try one next time I'm in LA. They're fantastic. One thing I love about you, there's so many things I love about you, but you're so honest in your work and you're all about dropping the taboo. Have you always been passionate about this? And can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today? 
Well, I, from a young age, like in my teenage years, I became very interested in the whole idea of how people change and how people grow. And so I started to seek out different modalities, alternative modalities. Like I began to meditate. I was studying herbal medicine and homeopathy and uh, different forms of alternative healing. And this was all like, to me, this concept that we can become the best versions of ourselves. We can self-realize and what are the tools that can help us to get there. And then my early sexual experiences were also these mind altering transcendent type cataclysmic powerful experiences that also felt like I was self-realizing, like I'd become more of the person I really am, that I would drop these false facades that had been put on to me, you know, I'd adapted over the years and was becoming more of my true self. So for me, this whole toolkit that I was building over the years always included sex and my sexual encounters. And then when I was in my early 20s, I discovered Tantra and Taoist sexuality. And I realized that over 5,000 years ago, these ancient cultures also looked at sex as this vehicle for development and spiritual growth and self-realization. So which was completely the opposite of the message that we get in Western or even global culture nowadays. So that helped me to feel like I was on the right path and the realizations I was having on my own were validated by these other these other knowledge bases. And then over the years, I just put that all together where now I bill myself as a holistic sex and relationship coach. And so I bring in these other modalities and concepts that are really about, you know, we have the true wisdom within us. We have these messages from our body and our psyche, and I'm all about listening to them and honoring them to get to this place of high functioning. Mm, Sounds amazing. You call it orgasmic enlightenment. How can becoming orgasmic change our life and what can it do for our health, wealth and love? Well, I say for women that it's especially important, especially important for all people, but women especially because they're more suppressed sexually. They've been more oppressed sexually over the last few millennia. And so it's so important for them to tap into their sexual energy. So I look at sexual energy as life force energy. This is the energy that creates new life. And if we're not creating babies with it, we can actually learn to tap into that energy and use it as a source of rejuvenation, creativity, wisdom, power, passion in all parts of our lives and not just the bedroom. And for women, there's a lot, well, in general about sex, Western science has a lot of misinformation or ignorance around sex, which is pretty reflective of the culture at large. But, you know, there's a lot of um, myths out there. Like, for example, women can't have, not all women can have G-spot orgasms or not all women can ejaculate. And, oh, the G-spot is a myth, like all these things that aren't true at all. And my philosophy, my absolute guarantee is that all women can have all these different types of orgasms and they are extremely they're essential as self-realization tools that these deeper orgasms like g-spot orgasms cervical orgasms really open a woman up on such a deep and profound and spiritual emotional level that they're integral to her well-being to her operation in the world and every other part of her life by having really good sex and having really deep orgasms 
this might sound a little bit naive, but before I got with my husband and before I dove into this world of Tantra and Taoism, I didn't know that there was such a thing as deep cervical orgasms or even anything other than a clitoral orgasm. So there's around, correct me if I'm wrong, around 12 different types of orgasms. Is that right? The vagina itself has all kinds of different pleasure zones. And so you can map it out and there's so many different areas in the vagina. The whole vagina is orgasmic, you know, and people refer to the cervix, the G-spot, the AFE zone, you know, within the vagina, there's anal orgasms, there's nipple orgasms, there's energy orgasms, there's, uh, of course, clitoral orgasms. And so I don't know, I mean, eight to 12, something like that. I mean, who knows? You could have eargasms, you can have toegasms. You can have thinking yourself across the planet to your partner orgasms. So there are many different types of orgasms. Let's put it that way. That's exciting. That's really exciting because it just opens you up to a whole new world. Absolutely. And this is where I really want women to be encouraged to know that they are all capable of having every single one of these orgasms. And I don't know why it is that some people like to go out there and fight for the the idea that women don't have orgasms. (laughs) Like I don't really understand it, but let them do their thing, I guess, you know, but I just want everyone to know who actually wants an orgasm, come on over to me and I'll show you how to do it. And if you really want to listen to someone who tells you that you can't have one, well, that's your prerogative too. But to me, it is very exciting. And like I said, these things are really essential for a woman to connect to her true self. For me personally, it wasn't until I dove into this work and started to explore this sort of stuff with myself and my husband that I realized there was definitely a level of openness that is required to really experience those deep cervical orgasms. Do you agree? And why do you think that's the case? I definitely agree. And I think that it's even physically, the metaphor, like the cervix is up the uppermost region of the vagina. And in Taoist reflexology, it's considered to be the heart point for the woman. So this is the heart, the literal heart of the woman. And so to be stimulated there, to really let someone that deeply inside of you to truly open up to that person emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and of course, like sexually, physically, it takes a lot. You have to really let your guard down and let go. And there's a beautiful spiritual correlation to this. Like, you know, I look at my spiritual life, the whole idea of thy will be done, right? Like we're trying to align ourselves with divine spirit, put the little self or the ego aside. You spoke before about this energy. If you're not using this life force energy to create a baby, you can use it and harness it, whether it's for healing energy or creative energy. How are some other ways that we can harness this energy to really become the best version of ourselves? Well, in my work, I teach people different Taoist and tantric techniques to really tune into this energy and I call harvest it. So the barometric question that I ask people is, does your sex life leave you feeling like after you have a sexual encounter, are you left feeling rejuvenated, energized, deeply pleasured and transformed? And if not, then you're doing it wrong. And that's not a judgment as to say that there are ways of having sex that energize you and ways that deplete 
complete you. And so the way that I work with people is to teach them how to harvest their sexual energy. And if it's not being harvested, then it actually inverts. And so we have what I call fukme or the underfucked woman syndrome, where people <laughs> are suffering the 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 deeply you know un, <laughs> unsatisfactory lives of not having enough sex and you can be a well-fucked woman whether you're single or in a relationship it's all about learning how to tap into this energy and this has actually been documented through history where women have been diagnosed as not having enough sex and the symptoms are being irritable and frustrated weight gain lethargy depression irrational crazy hysterical mood swings in fact, that's where the term hysteria comes from. It means underfucked woman. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah. Have you seen the movie Hysteria? Well, I haven't actually seen the movie, but I've already, like, I knew about that concept long before the movie came out. But yeah, the movie is really articulating that idea. It's actually hilarious. And I love your little YouTube video on Fukme, um, which we can link to in the show notes so that people can watch it because it's absolutely hilarious. You know, for me personally, when I learned about this stuff, it all made sense to me. You know, even when I was feeling moody and when I was feeling overwhelmed and stressed, it was usually because I wasn't connecting with myself in that way. And like, I love that you said, you know, whether you've got a partner or whether you're on your own, it doesn't matter. You can still harness that energy and use that energy to your advantage. Exactly. So on my website, I have a series of the courses that I run. I call them sexual savant salons, and one is called The Well-Fucked Woman. And if you go to my website and you click on that salon, there's a free video series that you can watch, and it will actually give people techniques of how to tap into that sexual energy so that they can harvest it, as I said, and then infuse it into all parts of their lives. That's really what I'm I'm teaching people to do. Like I work on, you know, let's have some fun, like a fun sexual technique and, you know, the, <laughs> this mechanical stuff, but a large, you know, undercurrent in my work is all about how to really harvest this energy and channel it into our lives. So what exactly is a well-fucked woman? I'd say it's a woman who's in touch with her sexual energy. And here's a good example. I used to go to the gym in a building I had my studio in years ago. And there was this German guy who also would be working out as frequently as I did, which is like, you know, three or four times a week. And I'd walk into the gym and he'd go, ah, oh, Kim, it's been a while. Hey. And I'd be, how do you know <laughs> that I haven't had sex in a while? And then other times I'd come bouncing in. He's like, oh, Kim, you're getting some. Hey. And I was like, okay. And then the more, you know, I got into my own work and seeing these things, I realized that it becomes this energy that you literally wear and radiate. And then he and I would sit in the gym together and be like, oh no, it's been a while for her. You can totally tell. So it's like this, you know, this, you start to become more of who you really are. You radiate, you're more confident, you're more open, you're happier. Instead of when you're not getting it, you've got road rage, you're depressed, you feel sluggish, you probably get gain weight. It's like you're, it, you're just not harnessing your energy and it, it implodes back in on you. And when you're in tune with it, you become even more creative. You become more in tune with your life purpose. When people that I've worked with before start to really tune into their own sexual energy, they often see the result 
is that they get more in tune with their life path. They find their true vocation. So where they might have been working at a job that they didn't really like that much before, they were just doing it to pay the bills, they start to discover and inhabit a career that really is much more reflective of who they are. You know, where like for me, my my work and my play, there's really no difference. You know, like I love what I do. It's just an extension of who I am as a person. And I'd say that's largely a large part of why that is, is because I have realized so much of my sexual energy that it's become infused into my life. And so my career, my life path is very in in alignment with who I am. How can we use the energy um, for healing, like in, in our health and vitality? How can we use that to really take our health and vitality to the next level? Well, I just put out a YouTube video uh, last week called Three Sex Positions to Make You Smarter. So even the way that you have sex, you can learn how to harvest that energy. Even the sexual positions that you use, the sex acts that you're engaging in can help you to take in that energy. A large part of it is really being conscious and your intention and breathing, you know, and these are all techniques that I teach in my work. What I've experienced, aside from the benefits of connecting intimately with your partner, which of course is beautiful, is that those moments of lovemaking, time stands still and I'm brought into this intense awareness of the present moment, like nothing else exists. Do you think that's why sex is often referred to as, quote unquote, a godly experience because it brings you so intensely into the present moment? At its best, yes. And that's why I say like there's a difference between what I call gourmet sex and junk food sex. And in a gourmet sex experience, it is something that opens you, brings you into your heart, brings you into your center. And those effects reverberate out into your day-to-day life. Like they're not just limited to a five-minute experience of when you have an orgasm and some muscle contractions. You actually walk out of your bedroom and you radiate, you wear this energy, which is why I can say that there's this well-fucked woman aura and you know men have it as well but they're wearing this energy and you know to me gourmet sex is where you actually can allow your guard to come down you can open yourself up your heart your emotions are involved and while you know there may be a time and a place for casual sex and there's no judgment about doing that junk food sex isn't going to be as nourishing it's just like having junk food there's a quick hit there's a brief moment of satisfaction but it's ultimately not nourishing it's not building long-term life satisfaction and there can even be a sugar drop, you know, like a blood sugar low where somebody feels remorse or uncomfortable or there's emotional unresolved issues that are going on. And in a more gourmet sex relationship, we're trying to bring all parts of ourselves. We're not compartmentalizing. We're bringing the emotions, the mind, the spirit, the you know, the heart, the body into the equation. And we end up being much more nourished and satisfied as a result. Mm, I love that idea of the junk food versus gourmet. So for someone who is listening and realizing that, oh my goodness, I'm currently having junk food sex, what is the first step? Like what can they do from here? 
one of the greatest things that you can do is start to explore yourself and learn how to tap into your own sexual energy. And if you're in a relationship where you have a partner who is interested and supportive and is interested in personal growth, then you can discuss it with them and then seek out some resources. I've got resources on my website for men, for women, for couples, free video series, lots of video and blog posts out there that you can check out and you can start to learn how to do these things, learn how to connect more deeply with yourself, with your partner, and then translate that into your sexual connection. Beautiful. Now, before I met my husband, I used to be one of those people that said, oh, sex isn't important. And it's not about that. As long as we're best friends, that's the most important thing. And that's really because I was having junk food sex, as you call it. So what are your thoughts on that? And for people who are using that as an excuse at the moment? In the sexual relationship that sex is the glue, sex is the most important part of a sexual relationship. I mean, you're doing something with your partner that you don't do with anyone else. Otherwise, you may as well just be buddies and friends. But the defining factor is that you're having sex with that person. And the way that I see sex is that it's a power source. When you actually have this conscious gourmet sex situation, that becomes an energy source for yourself, for the relationship, for your work, for your social life, for every other part of your life. Even your cash flow gets affected by your sexual relationship. And so, no, it is a cop-out. I mean, I think that we can want to be, maybe we've been hurt before, and so we put up a barrier like, okay, I'm going to choose people who are safe and the safe ones aren't going to hurt me. I'll only be able to go so far, not be fully, totally engaged, not be fully vulnerable, and then I won't be able to be hurt. And so those relationships, they are finite. They can only go so far. And let me say also that people can be in a long-term relationship and still be having junk food sex. It's not just the domain of, say, one-night stands or, you know, very casual situations. It's because they're not actually opening themselves up to each other. That's where all the magic happens. And that's where people tend to put up their barriers. And so to keep in that magical space of gourmet sex is an ongoing commitment to opening yourself up, communicating with your partner, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, to really show up, to express your truth and not just not say something because you don't want to rock the boat or you sweep it under the rug or you don't tell your partner something because you're afraid of what they might say or you might hurt their feelings. All of that kind of stuff muddies the waters and starts to create more junk food sex. So in a gourmet sex situation, we're constantly performing what I call relationship feng shui. We're clearing the space with each other and allowing that free flow of emotional energy, of sexual energy to be there. And that's when we can then use that energy as a power source. Mm, It really does require you to have an open heart and an open mind, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You can't really, yeah, you can't really do it one without the other. And I kind of think back to my exploration and yeah, it's definitely been the more vulnerable, the more I open my heart, the more I open my mind, the more vulnerable I am, the more I crystal clearly communicate with my husband, the deeper we go. So let's talk a little bit about how we could 
present this to our lovers because there might be a few women listening to this that think, oh my goodness, my partner is not going to be open to this. Like, how can we literally present this to them? So I did a, a YouTube video a couple of weeks ago called Vitamin BJ, which is vitamin blowjob. And it's all about why blowjobs are so good for the woman. Tell your boyfriends that you've met this, you've heard about this woman, come across her work and take him to that video and watch the video together and go, so, so maybe we should check out some more of her stuff. What do you think? I guarantee they're going to be up for it. That's very cool. You mentioned before this gourmet, open, soulful sexual encounter being really beneficial for not only your relationships, but for your health as well. You touched on it briefly about your bank balance and creativity and the work that you do in the world. So how is that related and how can we really grow our bank balance from having this deep gourmet sex? So the second chakra is the chakra of sex and money and creativity. And when our sexual energy is stagnant, so is our financial flow. I was working with a couple who'd been together for 30 years and they had always struggled with finances. They were self-employed and so it was really easy to see their money would fluctuate. It would be up like feast or famine and they were often really struggling to stay afloat. And so they were working with me and we began to clear out blockages in their relationship. Like for example, she had had a past history of some un, really unhealed sexual abuse. They had had some situations that had happened in their past that they hadn't fully healed and resolved. And so one by one, we went through all of these different blocks in the space and it was like clockwork. Like as soon as we would clear out one of these situations, we talk about it, we come to a place of resolution, boom, they would actually get a phone call or an email with a job offer, with a client coming in with this like unexpected infusion of cash. It was just so methodical. And so over the years, I've seen that so much where when the blocks get cleared, whether it's within you, if you're on your own or you're within a partnership, the money flow starts to come in as well. How amazing. I wanted to also ask you about this jade egg. Why should women be using them and how can they help us become more orgasmic and improve our health and wealth and love? Well, I've become pretty well known for a little campaign that I've run over the last few years called hashtag things I lift with my vagina. So this features me traveling around the world, posting images on my Instagram of me in different places all over the planet where I have a jade yoni egg inserted into my vagina. There's a string attached to the end of it. And then I lift vaginally weight lift different objects. And I like to select objects that are indigenous to the various regions I'm in. So in Bali, I have lifted coconuts and mangoes and pineapples. In Los Angeles, my vagina won an Oscar. I lifted an Oscar on Hollywood Boulevard. In Morocco, I lifted all kinds of different Moroccan handicrafts. And so in Venice, I lifted a Venetian chandelier. So I am all about educating women why they need to have a strong vagina. So when a woman is disconnected from her vagina or her vagina is weak and numb, she cannot really tune 
tune into her sexuality. She can't even really tune into her true self. And so many women, the statistics on women who suffer from urinary incontinence, it's up to 60%. It's insane. And that's something that's become normalized in our culture. And it's not normal. Women are actually supposed to be able to shoot ping pong balls from their vaginas. That is the normal, healthy, functioning vagina, not a vagina that pees its pants. So the work with the jade egg, the yoni egg, is about getting women to reconnect with that part of their anatomy, to strengthen that part of their anatomy, and then they're better able to feel sexual pleasure. They can orgasm these deeper internal G-spot cervical orgasms, being able to squirt. All of those things happen much more easily. There's even a facelift effect that happens when we lift the pelvic floor. We smooth out lines in the face. So there's all kinds of beautiful beautiful results from doing a jade egg yoni lifting practice. And why jade? Well, jade is considered to be a healing and tonifying stone for the reproductive organs. It's also a great stone for dreaming and manifesting your visions out in the world. So the use of the stone is twofold. One, it's working as this mechanical device to strengthen the vagina. But two, it's working on a crystal healing level where it's bringing in the qualities of that crystal. And then jade was historically used by women in ancient China where this jade egg yoni strengthening process uh, practice really originated and they used jade 5,000 years ago. Mm. For someone who doesn't know about the jade egg practice, could you explain in a nutshell what you do and, and how it works? Well, you put the egg into the vagina and then you practice different exercises with the egg in the vagina. Now that jade eggs have become so popular, there's a lot of misinformation out there in the world on the internet about how to use them. For example, a lot of people will tell you to just get your egg and wear it all day, but this is this is useless. It's a waste of time. I mean, it might feel nice to have that crystal energy inside of your vagina, but in terms of really strengthening your vagina, it's not doing anything. It can actually be counterproductive that way. So I run a course called Vaginal Kung Fu where I teach people how to properly use the jade egg and it's a whole emotional, psychological, spiritual reconnection to the vagina where we go through weekly exercises like a whole vaginal weightlifting routine and also emotional healing and clearing work for women as well. I feel like we store a lot of blocks in our heart chakra and also in our vagina. The more you release those blocks, the deeper you can go within yourself. How can people know if they actually have blocks? Like how would they know if they have blocks around their heart chakra and they're in their vagina? How would they know? Well, in the vagina, one really obvious way to know would be that you're not having these deeper vaginal orgasms. You're not having G-spot orgasms cervical orgasms, you're not squirting, or your vagina feels numb. You have sex and you don't really feel very much, or you become quite clitoral centric rather than diving deep into the vagina. So those are all indications. If you have urinary incontinence, you're probably disconnected because your pelvic floor isn't strong. That's a good indication. And in terms of the heart, I'd say if you have a hard time really opening yourself up emotionally, if you can feel like you're quite shut down, then there's blockages there that need to be cleared. And how do people go about starting to do that? 
Well, these are all things that I teach in my work is how to open oneself up, anything from communication techniques to healing modalities, even the use of the jade egg itself will start to clear up these blockages. I know a lot of women might, you know, start to do some of this work and it can feel incredibly traumatic or emotional. And some people could either dive into that or they run away and they get scared and fearful. What would you say to those women who are, you know, it's brought up so much trauma, so much pain, so much fear, so much anxiety, and they want to run in the other direction? Like, what would you say to them? Well, the only way out is through. And, you know, for me, I've been doing my own personal work for the last 30 years now. And that's been a major commitment in my life. And, So the only way that you really get to the other side is by committing to go through it and finding the kinds of healing modalities or teachers who can help lead you through those things and having support along the way. But really, it's a commitment to becoming conscious or staying unconscious, and only you can decide where you want to go. Mm, that's why I love the work that you do because it is holistic. It's it's not just about learning how to have these deep orgasms. It's about, you know, releasing these blockages, releasing this past trauma that might not even be ours. It could be, you know, lineage stuff that has been stored in our vagina. And the more we release it, you know, we're doing service to the world and to women. Do you agree? Absolutely. And you touched on a good point that the vagina is this great storehouse for all kind of internalized oppression. So you might have had a bad relationship that left you feeling closed down that gets stored in your vagina. You may have had an actual sexually traumatic event that gets stored in the vagina. The trauma, the trauma from our ancestors is stored in the vagina in the genetic coding. So the work that you do has a very, very profound effect, not only in yourself, but rippling out into the world at large. So yes, it's very multidimensional and far-reaching. When I was in my early 20s, I was in a relationship that I knew in my heart wasn't right. And I didn't have the confidence to leave. It was safe and it was secure. And whilst I was in that relationship, I was constantly experiencing things like UTIs and thrush and abnormal cells and pain whilst I was making love and even bleeding, all sorts of things. What is the connection between that and being in a relationship where I knew it wasn't my truth? Like, do you feel like there's a connection there? Oh, absolutely. And the body doesn't lie. And this is what I try to teach people in my work is to listen to the body. And we live in a culture, our Western culture, which is very much based on using band-aids. So if a woman is getting yeast infections or UTI infections in the relationship, I would be saying to them, what's going on in the relationship? What's not working in the relationship? What do you need to say or do that you haven't been doing? But Western culture would just, or medicine would say, just take this antibiotic and get over it, right? There's like, there's really no 
um, hints that those things might be connected. And I'm always making those connections with people about their bodies. And so when women are having signs like that, I totally agree. It's indicative that the relationship isn't working on some level. That might be just that A, it's the wrong person, or B, a lot more communication and truth-telling and self-expression needs to be in the space. Mm, I was definitely one of those people that would just run off to the doctors and get another script for antibiotics. And I think in that relationship, I probably had it maybe six times, you know, in the space of like a year for UTIs. And that's because I didn't have the awareness that I have now. And But that's so common. Like if you talk to any number of women, cross-section of women, so many of them would just think that it's a normal, that they're just some woman who gets frequent UTIs or they're just a woman who gets frequent yeast infections. And I remember years ago working with a woman who was married to her husband and she was so unhappy with her husband and she was having, you know, pain and intercourse and yeast infections and she left him and she became involved with this new man all of it disappeared, you know, like just gone, completely gone. And she didn't take any special medicine. It was simply that she was not in a space that was working for her and her body was telling her the truth about that. But again, we've been conditioned not to listen to our body, that our body is just some dumb thing that we're trying to rule over and make it shut up. (laughs) Really, like That's the messages that we're given rather than truly honoring and listening to what it's trying to tell us, even if it might be a truth that we're afraid to face. So true. So true. And it can feel really scary. You know, it can feel all encompassing and scary. But like you said before, we've got to dive through that. Well, it's a choice, right? Like the choice to actually face the truth and make a courageous decision, say, to leave a relationship or to express our deepest needs and request what we want. That takes courage. And it's easier and maybe illusion the illusion is that it's safer easier to stay quiet but then women start to manifest these health issues where their body is saying look there's something really wrong and then again we're taught to ignore them and it takes a lot of courage to rise up and acknowledge the truth and then act on the truth it does take a lot of courage and i see it so much i see women just so fearful to speak their truth or ask for what they want and my wish is to empower women to really love themselves love their body step into their true power speak up confidently courageously and say well this is what i want that is you know my wish and i know that's what you do with your work as well and i just want to empower everyone to really step into that Yeah, and it's great that you do that and encourage that because it's really all about, as I said, finding our truth and then expressing and living that truth. And this is where I like to say that becoming more sexually in tune, having these deeper orgasms, you start to become this person who does express your truth, who doesn't give a shit what other people think or what they say about you, when you begin to truly connect to that deep sexual self that you have. And this is one of the hallmarks that I see of women who become well-fucked women, is that they start to not give a shit what other people think. 
And they, it's funny, like they start to, you know, they dress the way they want, they do the what, what they want, they say what they want, and it just starts to bubble out of them. It's not like they're making themselves, okay, I have to go and do this. It's not even like that. It's that it's this involuntary eruption of inner truth that just cannot any longer be stopped once they have tapped into their sexual energy. Mm, they have this glow about them, don't they? Yeah. For someone who is incredibly fearful to speak up to their partner and to just ask for what they want, how can they move through that blockage to just speak their truth, to say, this is how I'm feeling or this is what I want? Putting the focus back on yourself rather than blaming your partner or pointing out what the partner's doing wrong is really trying to stick with where you're at, what you, how you feel and what you need and trying to actually remove the focus from the other person and really bring the focus and the attention back to you. Like if you weren't making decisions based on the other person and their needs and wants, what would you do just for you? And then start to take action based on that, start to express yourself based on that. You know, I see a lot of body shaming. And for me, a lot of my teenage years and my early 20s and basically all through my 20s, I really hated on my body. I never explored my body sexually in that way. There was so much shame. There was so much taboo. I grew up in a very strict Catholic Italian family where it was naughty and rude. And, you know, if I walked past the door and and my parents were in the shower, it was oh my goodness, close the door, you know, and and the door was quickly slammed in my face. I had a lot of body image shaming and I realized how that was affecting me sexually and, and my confidence within a relationship. How can we start to fall in love with our body and explore our body sexually, whether it's through jade egg or self-love massage. Do you have any other tools or tips or tricks that we could use to really start to love our body and get to really know our body intimately? Well, those are two good ones. Having a self-pleasuring practice, whether, you know, especially if you are single and not in a relationship, and even if you are in a relationship, if you haven't spent the time with your own body to get to know it and get to feel, really every woman ought to know her vagina inside and out, that she's intimately familiar with every little nook and cranny and crevice of her vagina, of her breasts, of her vulva. And the jade egg is a fantastic way to do that, to use the egg. And I often say that women, the egg becomes a lover when the woman is single because it's this beautiful experience and relationship of intimacy that she's cultivating with herself and her body. So these are two fantastic ways to really tune into that energy. Becoming, as you say, a well-fucked woman not only affects your relationship with your lover, but how does it affect all of your other relationships? Well, that openness where you become, your walls begin to come down, you start to live more from your heart and your vagina. They both become excellent guideposts and fountains of wisdom is that you just become more open to life. 
And, you know, I think having that kind of nurturing gourmet type relationship, you feel seen, you feel cherished, you feel adored, and then you're able to walk out into life with more openness, more genuine authenticity, you're more loving, you're more patient, you're more kind, you're more intuitive and insightful, and you're more confident. And you also don't care so much about what other people think about what you do and who you are. You can really step into your true self. It's almost like, yeah, every single area of your life is affected when this area is flowing. Exactly. And this is the thing that I would see over the years is that with this, you know, this part of someone's life, their sexual relationship, if it wasn't doing well, it sucked everything else into it like a vortex. And if it was doing very well, it uplifted every other part of their life. How important do you think it is that we need to really understand and know our bodies and our what feels good for us first? It is very important. And this is the way that we can really develop sexual confidence as well by tuning into ourselves and learning what we like and getting to know our bodies. And then when we're with another person, we already have this innate confidence and ability to tune into our emotions and our feelings, our sensations that we then bring to the space with another person. Mm. Uh, My next book that I'm writing, which will be out in January 2018, is all about relationships. And one of my biggest missions with it and wishes is that I educate women on this stuff so that young women know what feels right in their body and what doesn't so that when they're younger and they're exploring, they have the confidence to say, no, this doesn't feel right within me or yes, this does feel right. So I'm curious to know what you would kind of say to someone in their very, like who's just kind of starting out and just starting to explore this this stuff. You know, they're very, you know, maybe they're in their early 20s or late teens. Like how can they be educated on this? And what would you say if there's one piece of advice, what would you say? Listen to yourself and your truth. There's all kinds of pressures and ideas out there about what to be sexually, who to be sexually. And the most important thing that you can do is really listen in and honor yourself. And especially as a woman, I think there's a lot of pressure to be sexual very quickly and very young. And the irony is, even though it might not seem like it, boys and men respect a woman who's in tune with herself and goes at her own pace. And so if your own pace, if your real truth is to have sex quickly, that's one thing. But if your real truth is wanting you to wait and to take a little bit longer to get to know someone, then honor that and your partner will honor that in return if they're a quality person. And that might seem like, a you know, just some, I don't know, but they really do. Like men respond to when women set boundaries, they actually find it intriguing and they find it attractive. Mm, that's beautiful advice. So I would love to know now, I've got a couple more questions for you. I would love to know what's something that you're currently working on within yourself at the moment or something that you'd like to improve within you? 
I'm working on not working so hard, actually. I'm really, you know, I'm a very driven person. I love my work. And like I said earlier, my work is really an extension of who I am. So it's not like there's the work me and there's the not work me. It's just all me. And so I'm really trying to balance out my life and my days more and more where I have time that's really downtime. And I'm pretty good at it anyway. Like I live a very, you know, a a life that's full of all kinds of great adventures and activities, but I need to have time that really is completely removed and unplugged from my work. And then that enables me to come back to my work even more full and creative and passionate and excited about it. Let's pretend you now have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school across the world. What book would you choose? Probably the book that I would write about vaginal kung fu. That's fine. We can we can wait for your book to be written. Is that something that's going to happen in the near future? Possibly. I mean, I'm focused more on my online courses and other pursuits at the moment. And so it's sort of like off at some point. It's something that I'll do. But I feel like I serve a lot more people in depth in the work that I do right now as in the form that I do it. Now, let's talk about your days. Do you have a morning routine? How do your days look? How do you prime yourself for the day? I'm obsessed with morning routines and fascinated by people's little non-negotiables. So how do you stay healthy and thrive? Do you have any non-negotiables that you do every morning? Um, My morning non-negotiables would be meditating. I get up and I have a a quick shower and I take some vitamins and I always have a healthy, always have a healthy breakfast. Like I've been on a health food pursuit for the last 30 years. And so my diet is just always healthy. It's not really a choice. It's just a fact. Um, And then I meditate for 20 minutes. That's I've had a daily meditation practice for about 23 years now. And I do some form of, it may not be in the morning, so it might be at some point in the day. It might be in the morning. If I'm with my partner, we would generally make love in the morning. Like that's a daily activity as well. And those are probably the morning ones is good food, good sex, and good meditation. I'm curious to know, how do you push through those days where you're feeling like maybe you're approaching your moon cycle and you're feeling flat and not in the mood? Do you make love anyway? I'm never not in the mood, to be honest. And I believe that if a woman is really balanced, that her moon cycle isn't a time of feeling low energy or tired or emotionally imbalanced. And when a sexual energy, the sexual energy is is really in equilibrium, she'll actually feel very good. But I don't feel that way ever. And I'm curious to know, you touched on meditation. Do you have a type of meditation that you do? I use a mantra and I chant and then I do active, what I call spiritual exercises, where I go inside and work on creating my own reality. Mm, beautiful. Like, is that visualizing and visualization? That's a good term to use for it. Mm, awesome. I'd love to know now, what are three things that you're most deeply grateful for in your life? Um, I'm grateful for my spiritual path. I'm grateful for 
just for myself. You know, I'm grateful to be the person I am and what I've come into this world with and being able to use that, those tools and skills and abilities. I'm grateful that there is a high proportion of, or whoever the people are in this world who are courageous and express their truth as contrarians in whatever form that is. I'm grateful for those people who have the guts to be different and to take a stand on something. Beautiful. And in your opinion, what is one of the most important things that we could do for our health? I think I know what you're going to (laughs) say. Have a lot of sex. Yes, be very, look, take a look at our own, take a sexual inventory and learn to connect to that energy, whatever that's going to take to get there to really learn to connect to and own that energy. And two more questions. What is one of the most important things we could do with wealth? I think I know the answer again. Yep, that'd be a good prediction. Like more sex plus better sex equals more cash. Yes. And final question. What is one of the most important things that we can do for more love in our life? Do the internal, as I call it, feng shui. The more that we, and to give love, I'd say to clear our blocks and then to be giving love, you know, giving love to receive love and giving it without the thought of receiving it in return. Like when I go out in the day when I'm very conscious, I'm trying to give love to everyone, to give love to the supermarket cashier, to the person on the road who might not be conscious of what they're doing, (laughs) is like trying to stay in a place of love and that magnetizes love towards us. Mm, So true. Thank you, Kim, so much for shining light on this important topic and for doing the work that you do and for having the guts, like you say, and being courageous and sharing this knowledge with the world and being so open and vulnerable and and speaking your truth because it's so important and This work has changed my life and opened me up to depths of love I didn't even know existed. So I'm very grateful for you going out there and being a pioneer and sharing all this information with the women out there and men. Well, thank you and my pleasure. It's a great joy and very satisfying to be able to do it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on your show. Holy smokes, so much juicy information. I am super pumped to explore my body even more. And I want to encourage you to do the same over the next week and see how it goes. And if you love today's episode as much as I did, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes because that means we can inspire more people together and we can get on more epic humans, which I know you want. And don't forget to tell me on Twitter who you would like me to have on the show and make sure you tag me at Mel underscore Ambrosini and the person you want me to interview using the hashtag tag the Melissa Ambrosini show. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 22. And you can also check out all my other podcasts there too. So before I go, thank you so much for being here. 
for wanting to be the best version of yourself and for showing up for you today. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. 